Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. And my name is Heidi. And we are absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I'm so happy to be back with everyone it and is, with you. It is the day that the Lord has made. So be oh, I am. joyful and be glad in it, right? We had a powerful message today and the singing was, man, that place was filled with people praising God. It was God. packed and it was so good to see people from all walks at all stages in the journey of that walk is what yes. I meant to say. Yes. Uh, it was so good to see everybody there supporting, encouraging, loving on each other. This love fills that building. Absolutely. On Sunday and I am excited to get there every single time. And we're excited to bring you a little Jesus sometimes. Yes. I mean, we never know who's listening or uh, what kind of comments or whatever that we're going to get. But we always know that we're doing our job being obedient to what we were called to do. And like our sermon said today, Ooh. it's up to God to do the rest. Yes. It's not up to me to try and decide or try and convince you one way or the other. It's up to me to be obedient and do the readings and talk with my wife and yes. go through this together and put this out there. And then it's up to God to do the rest of the work. Right. It was it was a pretty powerful message today about, do you really trust God? Do you really, with all the hard stuff, still trust him? Yeah. Yeah. And are you willing to live like Jesus did? And that was a tough conviction when he really laid out how Jesus loved people to his dying breath. He was still speaking love even then. We wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. It's so hard for us because we let, you know, the just our human nature just get in the way and pride and yeah. yeah. And Jesus in that situation, his position on the cross, like that physical agony, and he used his breath to speak love and pray to his and father to forgive. Yeah. The forgiveness that he asked for. I uh, I wrote a forgiveness letter of sorts this past week that I'm going to say was... That was hard for you to do. One of the hardest things humanly I have ever done. I think it's maybe the first time where I have just so openly and completely given forgiveness when no apology has ever been given you did it to clean up your side of the street, not necessarily to receive anything back from it was, them. It, it was, was my obligation absolutely. to do. I, I was called by God himself to do that. Look what he's done for me. It doesn't mean people are absolved of any legal or other ramifications. That still, that still happens, but the forgiveness is there and that's where the joy can be. But I had to write one of those letters. I had to. It, God directed, and I did it. And all I can say is the lightness in my soul hmm. was worth every single bit of hardship writing those words out. If I had only known what that was going to leave me feeling like I don't feel burdened and weighed down anymore, I've, I've done what I needed to do. That was a very healing moment for you. I know uh, it was. I feel so much freer. And it's like, 
I don't know how to describe it other than you are just washed in a sense of God's approval, that sense of God saying, well done, daughter. He knew how hard it was. Yes. He held me the entire time. He allowed me to cry. He allowed me to fume just a little bit with gentle reminders. What have I done for you? So he's a a good, good God. He is. Father God, thanks so much for just invading our lives and just being in all these little details and leading us through and keeping us safe, protecting us, giving some of our bad moments meaning, giving them purpose and allowing them to minister to someone else that may be going through a tough time, that may be going through a tough situation. Thank you, God, for just taking those tough moments in our lives and turning them now around so people that we interact with are blessed through seeing a little bit of hope, a little bit of inspiration, and just seeing you through us. Beauty from ashes, God. Beauty from ashes. So be with us today as we go through the reading and uh, just open our hearts and minds. And we ask this all in your holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Heidi. So we're okay. we're still in switch it up mode. I'm going to finish uh, Psalms again today. Uh, so Heidi will be starting out in Matthew. All right. Looks like we're going to finish up chapter 9. I'm starting at verse 27, if I'm not mistaken. That is it. Okay. This is entitled, and I really like this, Become What You Believe. Mm. Walk the walk. Yes. You better be walking what you're talking. Walking what you're talking. All righty. All right. As Jesus left the house, he was followed by two blind men crying out, Mercy, son of David, mercy on us. When Jesus got home, the blind men went in with him. Jesus said to them, Do you really believe I can do this? They said, Why, yes, master. He touched their eyes and said, Become what you believe. It happened. They saw Then Jesus became very stern. Don't let a soul know how this happened. But they were hardly out the door before they started blabbing it to everyone they met. I kind of had a feeling Jesus (laughs) knew that they were going to be blabbing. Yes. Right after that, as the blind men were leaving, a man who had been struck speechless by an evil spirit was brought to Jesus. As soon as Jesus threw the evil, tormenting spirit out, the man talked away just as if he'd been talking all his life. The people were up on their feet applauding. There's never been anything like this in Israel. The Pharisees were left sputtering. Smoke and mirrors, it's nothing but smoke and mirrors. He's probably made a pact with the devil. Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies, healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. Hmm. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. These words are just, what a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. If you're thinking about praying for somebody or something today, add that people would have the fire to just be harvest hands and to 
step in the gap. It can't always be up to just the minister at the church. It can't always be up to just the deacons or the elders or... We're all brothers and sisters and we're all called to love each other and help each other and encourage each other. That doesn't just fall on one or two shoulders. Yep. It says here, when Jesus got home, I'm not sure where his home was or if it was just Uh, a figure of where he retreated to. But on the way there, he's got blind people chasing him down and he gives them vision. Finally gets to, and probably like us, home after a busy day and relax. Just let me just take a breather. Kick off the And then immediately somebody else is there and there's somebody else that needs help and he helps them. And I wonder if he ever had a moment of peace or if he ever took those moments or if it was always somebody around and somebody there and a need and a want and a... But he never lost their patience with human needs and humans need that self-care downtime. Yep. But look at this. His heart broke when he saw how many people needed him. Yeah. I love you, Jesus. I love (laughs) Jesus, too. He's pretty cool. (laughs) I'll be on his team. All right. Here we are in Acts now. Acts chapter 14. I'll be reading the whole chapter. So when they got to Iconium, they went, as they always did, to the meeting place of the Jews and gave their message. The message convinced both Jews and non-Jews, and not just a few either. But the unbelieving Jews worked up a whispering campaign against Paul and Barnabas, sowing mistrust and suspicion in the minds of the people in the street. The two apostles were there a long time, speaking freely, openly, and confidently as they presented the clear evidence of God's gifts God corroborating their work with miracles and wonders. But then there was a split in public opinion, some siding with the Jews and some siding with the apostles. One day, learning both the Jews and non-Jews had been organized by their leaders to beat them up, they escaped as best they could to the next towns, Lyconia, Lystra, Derby, and that neighborhood. But then they were right back at it again, getting out the message. <laughs> There was a man in Lystra who couldn't walk. He sat there crippled since the day of his birth. He heard Paul talking, and Paul, looking him in the eye, saw that he was ripe for God's work, ready to believe. So he said, loud enough for everyone to hear, up on your feet. The man was up in a flash, jumped up and walked around as if he had been walking all his life. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they went wild, calling out in their Lyconian dialect, The gods have come down. These men are gods. They called Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes, since Paul did most of the speaking. (laughs) The priest of... I know, good old Paul. (laughs) The priest of the local Zeus shrine got up a parade, bulls and banners, and people lined up right up on the gates, ready for the ritual of sacrifice. When Barnabas and Paul finally realized what was going on, they stopped them. Waving their arms, they interrupted the parade, calling out, What do you think you're doing? We are not gods. We are men, just like you. 
and we're here to bring you the message to persuade you to abandon these silly God superstitions and just embrace God himself, the living God. We don't make God, he makes us. And all of this stuff around us here, sky, earth, sea, everything in them, In the generations before us, God let all the different nations go their way. But even then, he didn't leave them without a clue. For he made a good creation, poured down rain and gave bumper crops. When your bellies were full and your hearts happy, there was evidence of good beyond your doing. Talking fast and hard like this, they prevented them from carrying out the sacrifice that would have honored them as gods, but just barely. If you say God does not have a sense of humor, I am sorry, but they bust up a parade. They have, they're like, couldn't understand the dialect. So they all had of a no idea a what was going on. Zeus and Hermes, because that one talks a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> they had no idea, but then they're like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> After proclaiming the message in Derby and establishing a strong core of disciples, they retraced their steps to Lystra, and then Iconium, and then Antioch, putting grit in the lives of the disciples, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit, making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. Anyone signing up for the kingdom of God has got to go through plenty of hard times. Paul and Barnabas handpicked leaders in each church. After praying, their prayers intensified by fasting. They presented these new leaders to the master to whom they had entrusted their lives. Working their way back through Sidia, they came to Pamphylia and preached in Perga. Finally, they made it to Italia and caught a ship back to Antioch where it all started, launched by God's grace and now safely home by God's grace. A good piece of work. (laughs) On arrival, they got the church together and reported on their trip, telling in detail how God had used them to throw the door Mm. of faith wide open so that people of all nations could come streaming in. Then they settled down for a long, leisurely visit with the disciples. Oh, what an amazing recap. I yes. mean, those would be vacation slides I would want to see. I know. You know, the old shutter slides, you know, and you put all these things in the carousel, those little square things, project them on the So there is a little pause here that I want to read real quick, and then uh, you can get started in Psalms. So here we go. This is uh, in regards to Acts chapter 14. So it says, The healing of the crippled man and the refusal of Paul and Barnabas to accept worship as gods constituted an attempt to join together two worlds that had Mm. been split apart. The mending message was something like this. You're all excited because a man has been healed. A miracle has taken place before your eyes. Well, don't be. That's routine. God is among us in healing and salvation. There's nothing exceptional about that. That's part of the normal, everyday existence of the Christian. The other side of that is all the things that have fallen into a dull routine for you. The rain, the crops, the seasonal blessings, those also come from God. The same God who healed the crippled man also sends the rain. What the gospel does is make the miracle routine and the routine a miracle. This means that in your life, Miracles are always a possibility. Mm. 
God isn't limited to your imagination. He's not confined to your routines. He's not reduced to the common places in your life. He can and does break through into your life in surprising, unexpected ways. At the same time, he's never excluded from the commonplace. He's never absent, even when things seem most humdrum. He's here to be praised, obeyed, and celebrated in the ordinary as well as the extraordinary. The Christian gospel refuses to separate the two, but brings them together and makes them whole. And in making them whole, God makes us whole as well. That was a great pause. I'm glad that you read that. That was a good pause. You. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. So now we're going to be rewinding back to the mm. Old Testament, and I am going to be finishing out chapter 22 yes. in Psalms. I'm eager for you to share at the end something that we talked about that I learned something about this, mm. about this psalm. It was a it was a powerful read too at the beginning. So So here we go. We're finishing up chapter twenty two and we're starting at verse twelve. Herds of bulls come at me, the raging bulls stampede, horns lowered, nostrils flaring, like a herd of buffalo on the move. I'm a bucket kicked over and spilled. Every joint in my body has been pulled apart. My heart is a blob of melted wax in my gut. Mm. I'm dry as a bone, my tongue black and swollen. They have laid me out for burial in the dirt. Now packs of wild dogs come at me. Thugs gang up on me. They pin me down, hand and foot. Lock me in a cage, a bag of bones in a cage. Stared at by every passerby. Mm. They take my wallet and the shirt off my back and then throw dice for my clothes. You, God, don't put off my rescue. Hurry and help me. Don't let them cut my throat. Don't let those mongrels devour me. If you don't show up soon, I am done for. Gored by the bulls. Meat for the lions. Here's the story I'll tell my friends when they come to worship, and they punctuate it with hallelujahs, Shout hallelujah, you God-worshippers. Give glory, you sons of Jacob. Adore him, you daughters of Israel. He has never let you down. Never looked the other way. When you were being kicked around, he has never wandered off to do his own thing. He has been right there listening. Here in this great gathering for worship, I have discovered this praise life. And I'll do what I promised right here in front of the God worshipers. Down and outers, sit at God's table and eat their fill. Everyone on the hunt for God is here, praising <laughs> him. Live it up from head to toe. Don't ever quit. From the four corners of the earth, people are coming to their senses and are running back to God. Long lost families are falling on their faces before him. God has taken charge. From now on, he has the last word. All the power mongers are before him, worshiping. All the poor and powerless too, worshiping. Along with those who never got it together, worshiping. Our children and their children will get in on this as the word is passed along from parent to child 
babies not yet conceived will hear the good news that God does what he says. What a beautiful (laughs) psalm. And there is, I'm going to read this real quick and then we can chat about this. But uh, it says uh, for chapter 22, from the experience of the psalmist, we learn how common it is to experience God is absent. Believing in God doesn't exempt us from feeling abandoned by him. Praising God doesn't inoculate us from having doubts about him. Meditating devoutly on God's word, it doesn't insulate us from experiencing feelings of darkness and dryness, of desertion and desolation. In fact, Jesus hanging on the cross used this same prayer at the moment that he was completing the work of salvation. I've just got the, I've got the chills. I just... It just shows how everything is connected, but also just how deep his love is for us here. I love the down and outers sit at God's table and eat their fill. And then this other verse here where it says, along with those who never got it together, worshiping. Again, it's... <laughs> Maybe that is why God made sure he gave me such a love of cooking and baking and being in the kitchen. I think he knew that that image of people gathered around a table was mm. going to become a powerful one to me. That all are welcome. The all broken, welcome. the outcast, the rejected, the ones that we tend to pass over, God doesn't. We have had the most unique people in our house, all because we have been open to just come as you are. We don't need you to subscribe to a certain thing to be in our house. We don't need you to act a certain way or look a certain way or have a certain partner or believe a certain thing. It's just come as you are and allow us to just pour a little love and encouragement into you. And and. I'm going to answer honestly that I love every one of them dearly. Amen. And now Heidi is going to be finishing us up again today in Genesis. Perfect. Here we go. Jacob called his sons and said, gather around. I want to tell you what you can expect in the days to come. Come together. Listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben You're my firstborn, my strength, first proof of my manhood, at the top in honor and at the top in power. But like a bucket of water spilled, you'll be at the top no more because you climbed into your father's marriage bed, mounting that couch, and you defiled it. There's that bucket of water spilled. He Mm -hmm. got that from David. (laughs) Simeon and Levi are two of a kind, ready to fight at the drop of a hat. I don't want anything to do with their vendettas, want no part in their bitter feuds. They kill men in fits of temper, slash oxen on a whim, a curse on their uncontrolled anger, on their indiscriminate wrath. I'll throw them out with the trash. I'll shred and scatter them like confetti throughout Israel. Now that's something you don't want your dying dad to be saying over you. But wow, they were... Wowzers. This isn't all happy and go lucky. Mm, mm. And, yeah. He's he's talking about his sons 
as the men that they actually are. No flowery, yeah. everybody's right. lovely and perfect. He's like, no, you are not. You, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your fingers on your enemy's throat while your brothers honor you. You're a lion's cub, Judah, home fresh from the kill, my son. Look at him, crouched like a lion, king of beasts. Who dares mess with him? The scepter shall not leave Judah. He'll keep a firm grip on the command staff until the ultimate ruler comes and the nations obey him. He'll tie up his donkey to the grapevine, his purebred prize to a sturdy branch. He will wash his shirt in wine and his cloak in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun settles down on the seashore. He's a safe harbor for ships right alongside him. Issachar is one tough donkey crouching between the corrals. When he saw how good the place was, how pleasant the country, he gave up his freedom and went to work as a slave. Dan will handle matters of justice for his people. He will hold his own just fine among the tribes of Israel. Dan is only a small snake in the grass, a lethal serpent in ambush by the road when he strikes a horse in the heel and brings its huge rider crashing down. I wait in hope for your salvation, God. Gad will be attacked by bandits, but he will trip them up. Asher will become famous for rich foods, candies, and sweets fit for a king. Maybe I want to live in his country. Naphtali is a deer running free that gives birth to lovely fawns. Joseph is a wild donkey, a wild donkey by a spring, spirited donkeys on a hill. The archers with malice attacked, shooting their hate-tipped arrows. But he held steady under fire, his bow firm, his arms limber, with the backing of the champion of Jacob, the shepherd, the rock of Israel, the God of your father, may he help you. And may the strong God, may he give you his blessings. Blessings tumbling out of the skies, blessings bursting up from the earth, blessings of breast and womb. May the blessings of your father exceed the blessings of the ancient mountains, surpass the delights of the eternal hills. May they rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the one consecrated among his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. All morning he gorges on his kill. At evening divides up what's left over. All these are the tribes of Israel, the twelve tribes. And this is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each one with his own special farewell blessing. Then he instructed them, I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave which is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, the cave in the field of Machpelah, facing Mamre in the land of Canaan, the field Abraham bought from Ephron the Hittite for a burial plot. Abraham and his wife Sarah were buried there. Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried there. I also buried Leah there. The field and the cave were bought from the Hittites. Jacob finished instructing his sons, pulled his feet into bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. Hmm. Again, a very interesting, some things you don't necessarily expect. Um, and we looked one of these up with Reuben. Mm-hmm. Reuben, the firstborn, 
getting kicked out of the will. He lost his yeah, his as blessing. the firstborn. So and because he slept with his father's concubine. concubine. Yes. It's yeah. just crazy what things they treat with such reverence, and you can't do that, or you'll lose your blessing if you do that. But then there's so many other things where it's like, oh, well, okay, I guess, well, I guess that's all I guess right. that's you, okay. You tossed, you know, all of you tossed your brother in a pit. You were gonna kill him instead. We'll be nicer than that. We'll just sell him. And then he went. That was fine. Yeah, it all, fine. you know. Yeah. But it worked out, and Joseph's like, this is how things, how things need to be. But interesting. But it's all to teach us that yeah. God's plan is not always the way we would do things. For sure. But he seems to know better. Another action-packed day in the Bible, and Ooh. we are so happy to have you along on this journey through the message. If something in this message or one of our previous ones has impacted you somehow, we love hearing comments from you. And we look forward to seeing you next time for day number 25. Oh, we sure do. I can't wait. We'll be back soon. Have a good night.